right. Man, praise God. Amen. I'm sick and I was boohooing, and so I ain't going to be, we ain't, it's going to be a short sermon. It was going to have to be no matter what, because this is all messed up, all right? Uh, hey, look, I ain't grew up in church, so like whenever I get hype, I just get like old school rap songs in my head. None of them are appropriate to sing in church, all right? So I was up in there like, y'all going to make me lose my mind, all right? One, two, no, I'm just kidding, all right. Uh, hey, Look, God is good. Okay, look, don't get it twisted. This is why we exist, right? Like we exist for this very reason because we want to see life change and new life in Christ. Amen? Like we want to be able to see darkness pushed back. We want to see Christ's name exalted. We want to see new life and restored life and continued life in Christ. And so, man, that's literally what, we're, what, we're, what we exist for. And so uh, this is a good, good day. Um, and I hope that you were encouraged. Uh, if you are like me at all, uh, you're going to have a headache the rest of the day because you were crying and trying to hold back tears and you didn't want everybody to see you boohooing and y'all know what I mean. So anyway, uh, hey, today we're going to real quick, and I'm I mean that. We're going to blaze through some of this. We're going to talk about our sixth conviction uh, as a church. And so uh, what that is, is that, uh, man, we want to live in community. So we're under the disciple portion of Exalt Disciple Send, and we are going to move to the send portion next week. Uh, but we say that under disciple, we want to reach the loss, we want to equip the saints, and then we want to live in community together. And that's what we're talking about today. Um, and this is actually ties in beautifully about baptism because you heard everybody's story and how it was other people that helped them kind of walk out this faith and to kind of take that step of where they're going today. I love what uh, uh, Adam said, like you can't baptize yourself, right? Like you're literally baptized into the community that we talked about in child dedication that, man, it's not just the parents, it's all of us collectively uh, serving together that Jesus's name might be exalted and that we might do this together. Like I need need y'all to help me be a good parent to my daughters, and we need each other in this, and we need to continue to make disciples. And so it ties in great because we deeply, deeply believe in community. In fact, when you're in community, the other things, reaching the lost and equipping the saints, it actually develops most naturally in you. You become equipped as a saint as you do it in community together, and you are encouraged to reach people, or you are reached into a family uh, as that family kind of comes together. And so we do have a ton of time, so I'm going to dive right into it. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians 2 is where we'll be again this week. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. The ushers are on the sides. They'd love to physically give you a Bible. Uh, And if you physically don't own one, I would encourage you to take, keep that. That's our gift to you. We want you to have the Word, be able to use it during the week. You can also follow along on your phone and uh, track along with us that way. And so, um, yeah, feel free to raise your hand, whatever it might be. Last week we looked at Ephesians 2.10, and we looked at how God is wanting to equip each of us to be a saint, to walk out in this faith, to live out in what God is calling us to, and he's given each of us a work to do, we see. So we're going to continue off of that, and we're going to pick it up in verse 11 today. And so Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, and I'm going to read through verse 16. It says this, Therefore remember, at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what was called circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you at one time were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have now been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace 
who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. Okay, firstly, notice what the blood of Jesus did here. It did not just make us right with God, but it also made us right with each other. Where there was hostility, there is now peace. Where there was war, there is now harmony. We're talking about two groups of people, Jew and Gentile, who really, really, really hated each other, y'all. Like, they did not like each other whatsoever. Like, think like Elizabeth Warren and Donald Trump becoming, like, best friends. All right, that's kind of what it was like in that culture, okay? Which that was a weird picture in my head. I shouldn't have uh, well, erased that, all right? Like, it was a powerful, powerful moment, right? Where, like, two people that had philosophically completely different thinking actually were coming together, and they were now worshiping the same God in a church together. But look, they weren't just in a church together. They literally considered themselves family. This is actually a fascinating, honestly, a miraculous thing. There was so much division, but because of the blood of Jesus, there was all this unity and harmony that happened. And so the blood of Jesus does not just make us right with God, but it also actually makes us right with each other. And it brings us into community or into family. That is good news. Amen. We need this, y'all. We need to be in family together. Listen, part of the fall is not just that we were separated from God, but we were separated from each other. It's immediately in the scripture. You see Adam blaming Eve, and then you see Eve blaming the serpent, and then the next chapter, Cain is killing Abel, and man, it just, it gets real, like, real raw, real raw, real quick, right? And immediately you see all this hostility, not just with God, but with man to man as well. And so what the blood of Jesus does when God's redemption, when he's making right all things, he's rewriting his creation to bring us back into the harmony that we were meant to have before the fall in the first place. And so the blood of Jesus not only makes us right with God, able to have a relationship with God, as everybody getting baptized was sharing today, but it also allows us to actually enter into a family or fellowship together. Amen? Like, this is good news, y'all. We need this in our life. Like, look at verse 15 again, if you have your Bibles open. It says that the two now became one. And so before Paul gets into marriage in chapter 5, talking about the husband and the wife becoming one, he actually uses this analogy with the church first, that where there was once two people, there's now one person. There's this union in Christ. The cross gives us community. It's literally part of the work of the gospel. And this is good news because we need community. Verse 12 tells us that we were separated from Christ, which we know that. We preached that all throughout the exalt uh, portion of our sermon series, right? But it also says that we were separated from his people, like God saved us into a family. You know, in verse 12 where it says, uh, we were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, a.k.a. that's God's people, okay? We were alienated, separated from the people of God. And so we are saved, family, into a church family. You are not just saved and in relationship with God. You are actually saved into community. You're saved into a church And some of y'all are like, oh, why is that good news, all right? And I feel you because we some ratchet people right now, right? (laughs) Like, I got you, okay? But look, this is what we usually do. We look at who we are rather than looking at who we're becoming. 
But if you look at who we're becoming, and if you look at the beauty of the church in its full completion, then you realize what an unbelievable, majestic thing this is, that God is redeeming all types of people across the whole entire world to make us one large family, to bring glory to his name, and he is going to redeem us all into a family together. Like, that is good news, y'all. That is good news is what we were designed for. God's mission is to ransom a people and to make them a people, a family, a nation in this together. In fact, look at verse 19 real quick there in chapter 2 as well. It says, so then you are no longer strangers. What do we call a stranger? Think about the context. Or aliens. You're not a part of a distant nation now. You're not having a fear for your life and kind of you don't belong here. No, 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 no. You're, you're actually in here with us, right? You're fellow citizens with the saints and you're members of the household of God. You're part of the family. You are in this house with us now. And so listen, no wonder why the enemy wants to attack this so ferociously, y'all. Like think about it. You ever realize what one of the easiest things for you to punt is, is like your devotional life? Like, it's real easy to punt your devotional life, right? Because you were created to have intimacy with God, and so, of course, the enemy wants to attack that. You know what the second easiest thing for you to punt is? Is your community. You ever realize how hard it is to come to church sometimes? Or community group, like, like how everything seems to kind of sneak up, and you just really don't feel like going, and all of a sudden there's nothing to feel. And then you go, and you're like, man, I'm so glad I went, Right? It's like, listen, the enemy wants to attack it because he wants to isolate you because you were designed in your very creation to be in community, y'all. Like, we were designed for that very thing. This is why the enemy is so ferociously trying to attack it. You were saved into a family. It was community that actually brought you in. Like, listen, you didn't save yourself. Either somebody or a group of people shared the gospel with you. They showed you the Bible. They taught you how to pray. They began to develop you after you professed faith in Christ. And they walked in life with you and helped you learn to confess sin or help you learn how to share your faith. Or it was community that kind of brought you into the faith and community that will carry you through the faith. And community, when we are all together worshiping the name of Jesus, there's a reason why every single picture in the New Testament of the future is all the saints gathered together because that's what's glorifying to God is when the community comes together and worships our King Jesus. This is what we were designed for, y'all. We were designed for this. This is literally part of the plan of God. Listen, God's army does not enlist privates. You need to be in this together. If we are in a war, we are in a war together. If we are in a family, we are in a family together. If we are the building of God, each of us are a stone together. There is no isolation in the kingdom of God. If you are a believer in Jesus, you fall in love with God's people, the brothers and sisters, you build communities, what we were designed for, y'all. This is so important for us. He designed the very life to be marked by community and to be lived out with community, to do this life together. You're, you're not designed to walk in this life alone. That's why every single testimony, like, like we didn't tell them like, hey, share your testimony and make sure you share the community part of your testimony. Like it just lined up because it's like we were designed for this as the community kind of got around as somebody knocked on a random door and a window and said, hey, are you okay? And, and brought into life as, as you was seen and known, like literally, the community of God coming around builds the church of God. We were designed for this, y'all. We're designed for community. Are you in it? 
Are you fighting for it, right? This is actually why we say you don't just find community, you fight for community. This is our distinctive. In fact, can you put that on the screen, Mark? You don't find community, you fight for community. This is what we want to live out. And you can actually leave that up there for a little bit. Because the enemy would love nothing more than to isolate you so that he can attack you. And so what we have to do is we have to be careful not to see the church as a hotel, You know, we visit occasionally, kind of when we need it, and then we leave a tip if the service was good. Right? That's not what the church is. Amen? The church is the family of God. We are in this. We don't just kind of visit our family here and there. I'm not only home once a week and then just kind of like, hey, what's up, kids? All right, bye. Like, that's not how families work, right? Like, we're in this together. The church is a family. We have to kind of train our individualistic uh, desiring to hide from God and to hide from others self to kind of reject this idea and to walk out in community together. Yes, just like every family, this joint is messy, okay? Like it's hard. That's why you got to fight for community, and your community isn't always going to also fight for you because we some messy people, right? All families are kind of messy, ain't they? Like you come into my house at the right time, and you find just a completely tarnished and messy room, plural, rooms. You find messy rooms, all right? And you find my youngest daughter, Jada, like smacking Kyria for no reason and Kyria crying. And I'm hiding for two minutes so that I can try to be a good dad and not lose the pastorate. Amen. All right? Like you find this, okay? If you come into my house at the right time, you see it's messy. But at the end of the night, my kids know they belong. At the end of the night, my kids feel loved and welcome because they know they are a part of a family. And so, yes, it may be messy in the church. Yes, I may hurt you or the community may hurt you. But as we fight for community, not just wait and try to stumble upon it, but we literally fight for it, then what will happen is we'll begin to realize that we belong and we'll help other people know that they belong and we'll be a beautiful family together. We were designed for this very thing, y'all, designed for community. If you are in Christ, you have not been saved into isolation. You've been saved into a family. You've been saved into the local church, actually. God's very design for how community is played out. And so we need each other. And you hear me say this all the time. We need your gifts. We need your joy. We need your presence. We need your rebuke. We need your encouragement. We need your grace. We need your love. We need the things that you can give because it will build us into a family. And you may feel like, as we talked about last week in Equipping the Saints, oh, I don't have that much to give. And I would say that that is also a lie from the enemy, as we talked about last week. You are God's workmanship. And even if you feel like you don't have much to give because you're a new believer, listen, there's new, Jada is a new child in my family. She is two years old, right? There's not a whole lot that she uh, brings into the family. She's not like making money so that we can pay rent, all right? But if we were to lose Jada, it would utterly devastate our family because she is a part of it nonetheless. So even though it feels like she's not contributing something, uh, contributing something directly, it is clear that she is a part of the family and is crafting us in a certain way. So even if you feel like, I don't have that much to give, we want you in this family because you are making us whole. If God has called you into this place, then we want you here. We are designed to be in this together, family of God. We are designed to be a family. Look, the temptation for each of us is to be like a ninja Christian, right? We just kind of sneak in the back and then we leave out without a trace. That's a temptation for all of us, ain't it? 
It was mine when I first started coming to Christ. But as I don't just find community, but I fight for community, then my whole life begins to change. And as people didn't just wait for me to stumble in, but they actually fought for me to be seen as well. And as we worked at that together, man, what you're seeing in front of you today is not because I read the word a bunch, it's because I was discipled a bunch into this. And so there was many people that kind of helped walk in this life. And in the same way that these testimonies were given about people walking alongside, man, so many people have walked alongside me to get me here. We need community, y'all. We need each other. I need you, and you need me, and we need each other. Each of us actively walking this out. This is what it looks like to be in community together. Listen, God exists in perfect community. He's the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They exist in perfect fellowship with each other. They are in complete unity and community together. So no wonder why it is so hardwired in your DNA to desire community because you were created in the image of God. And as an image bearer of God, you come most alive when you look most like God. And our God looks like a communal God, for that is his very nature, y'all. He in himself exists in community. And so no wonder why he saves us into that community as well. He's saving us into his likeness, Christ's likeness. This is what we were designed for in every real sense of the way. And so this is what we long to be as a church family, as a communal family, somebody who fights for this together, somebody who uh, runs in this along. Listen, you don't just find it, y'all. You fight for it, though. It's hard work. I'm not going to, you know, front on y'all about that. Like, like it's, it's hard work. We have to be fighting for this. And everything in your soul is going to say, no, 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 isolate yourself. It's way easier. And in some ways, they're right. It is easier in the moment. And so you end up lonely and having nothing left. In the long run, the easier thing is to fight for community so that when you're broken, that community comes around you. And when you're joy-filled, that community comes around you. I love how many people were standing up at each of these people getting baptized because all of that is a community. And even if it's just a tiny piece, y'all, right? Like even if it's like one day we said hi and smiled, you have no idea what that does to people's souls. Like it happens to me all the time. And so we need each other in this, y'all. This is what we were designed for. There's so much more that I want to say. So much more. Why we preach on this this week, dog? This is like my squeeze, all right? Okay, look. So here's the deal, okay? This is what we were designed for. And here's what I hope. I hope that you would choose to begin to fight for it, okay? Are you ready to fight for that community? Are you ready to sacrificially lay down your life at times that somebody else might be seen? Are you willing to allow somebody else to sacrificially lay down their life that you might be seen? Because oftentimes we think about what we can do, but we forget to receive things from our community as well. If this is your community, man, God has placed you here for a reason that you might also receive from us. And the same is true if whatever you're at visiting and a different church, like, man, that's true too. There at that church, make that your community. Wherever God has you, like, we need to be in this. Man, we were designed for this, y'all. Within this, y'all, there's a ton of things that we want to go into of what we want our community to look like. We want to be a diverse community that reflects what is to come, that reflects our true home in heaven. And so we fight for that as well. That's a whole other sermon for a whole other time. But you see it here in Ephesians 2 if you're looking for it. 
Paul's not just celebrating that they became one. He's celebrating the type of one that they became. Two utterly different parties that are totally distinct coming together under the banner and the union with Christ. This is what Paul is celebrating. It's not just the community, but it's the type of community that was being developed that he said, this is what heaven looks like. Because Jesus prayed that literally that uh, the earth, uh, on earth as it is in heaven, he says, what we want heaven, what we know it's going to look like, we want to see it here on earth. And so we want to carry that out as well because we see every tongue, tribe, nation, culture worshiping our God. And we as a church have the opportunity to do that. And so we long to do that well. Like I love that on our elder board right now, we have two white guys and two black guys. And one of the white guys is married to a Latina woman. They have three black kids. That's awesome. I love that we have a, a Dominican worship pastor right? And that's somebody who grew up in the inner city and is able to kind of live that out, that we have a white associate pastor. I know he kind of looks like he's Middle Eastern, but he ain't. He white, y'all, all all right? (laughs) He white too, all right? So I love you, though. I'm just kidding, (laughs) right? We have a Colombian connections director and a Southern Cali girl with some Puerto Rican mix in her married to this Hawaiian dude and He's like black and a bunch of other stuff in Hawaiian, you know, like backwoods and rich white girls kind of coming together in the same. We got like a Korean dude that thinks he's half black, half Korean, all right? Like, and I love this, right? Because here's why. Look, this actually is reflecting what the kingdom of God is going to look like. Here's why we want to fight for this as a community. If you just love a bunch of people that look exactly like you do, you're probably not loving your neighbor as yourself. You're really just loving an extension of yourself. Right? You're just loving an extension of yourself. But as you go to rich and poor, not just, not just culturally, ethnically, but rich, poor, or young, old, or true diversity, then what begins to happen is we begin to see the full picture of God, and we care about community, not just because of what it does to us, but because it exalts God. And as it exalts God, as we are seeing the beauty of God kind of come together, man, a diverse community does that because it shows us all the different facets and all the different beauties of God. And so we long for that. We fight for that because it highlights the beauty and glory of our God. And we have an opportunity to do that in this church, y'all. We want to fight for that. So will you fight for community? Will you fight for the people around you? Will you fight to be known and to know others? Let us not live in isolation, y'all. Listen, Jesus Christ himself, friends, Jesus Christ came down and he died on that cross. And when he died on that cross, he was forsaken by all those who were around him, those who he poured into, those who he loved, those who he discipled. He was forsaken by. In fact, he was forsaken by the Father himself, it says. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, Jesus existed in perfect community, and yet he went and he died in isolation so that we who should actually be dying in our own isolation may now be one into a community with God and with each other. Will you fight for that, y'all? The gospel shows us this is important, and so we want to do that together. And so may we be a church that reaches the lost. May we be a church that equips the saints. Once you come in and you find this family, man, you are developed in who you are in Christ. And may we be a church that does this in community together so that next time we got like 80 baptisms and we don't know what to do. And we like, we're just doing this till Monday morning. Let's be up in here, right? We long to be that together, family. Man, let us walk in that. Amen? Hey, I love you guys, and I mean that. Thank you for being my family. Thank you for being me and my wife's family. We feel so deeply loved by y'all. Let's continue to express that love to each other. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you give us an opportunity to be family. I thank you that we heard the family stories today.
God, even if we didn't know the people that were up here being baptized, would you actually unite our heart with them and make us feel more like family? And would we realize the beauty of what you're doing, God? You are winning a people to yourself. From the ends of the earth, you're bringing them together. And so, Father, would we be able to celebrate that as a church? God, would you draw us into family together? Would you draw us into intimacy together? Would you draw us into community together? Would you help us to fight for God even when it's hard? I thank you for the people that have fought for me, that have fought for me to be loved when I was frustrated or discouraged. Thank you for that even this week, God. Would you help us to be that for each other? And God, I pray for those who may not know who you are. I pray, God, that in your grace, that you would actually invite them into family. Friends, if you don't know who Jesus is, man, he invites you not just into relationship with himself, but into relationship with his people. And he wants you a part of this family. And that's why you heard the testimony of the saints today you would realize God's doing a similar work in your life. We want you in our family. Thank you, Jesus, for wanting me in your family, though I do not deserve that. Help us, God, to love you. Praise things in your precious and in your beautiful name. Amen.